Welcome to the Pillars for Purposeful Motherhood podcast. I am your host, Frida Wallace, and I am so happy that you are tuning in. So make sure that you follow the podcast to stay tuned for new episodes and stay tuned for expert guest speakers coming up on the show. I have quite the lineup building, so you definitely want to stay tuned for that. Speaking of which, we have an amazing guest today, Erin Shelley. Aaron has a BS in uh, mechanical engineering and an MBA. He has worked with small businesses and startups where he developed a unique systems perspective. His work in the academic and business worlds led him to understand how related our families and business dynamics are. He and his wife have run the largest Irish dance school in Utah for over 20 years, which is quite impressive. He has built multiple companies, consulted across multiple industries, and helped raise $54 million as the COO of a technology company. That is also quite impressive. <laughs> he lives in Utah with his wife and four children. His book, The Family Flywheel, presents a proven process for building an unshakable foundation in your life. By combining three elements, strategy, structure, and culture, you can learn how to create wealth, build better relationships, improve your health, learn more abilities, and enjoy more freedom than ever before. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Aaron. I'm so glad to have you here. Thanks, Brita. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. It's be fun. Yes, it is going to be fun. So Tell us a little bit about the family, uh, our listeners, a little bit about the family flywheel. This is a book that you wrote and it is, it's a model, right? That you created. So. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a model. A lot of people have had business training and for me specifically, I'm an engineer. I kind of think in, I want to know, understand the fundamental parts so that I can build stuff with it. Mm -hmm. And so I had some pretty, um, I don't know impactful moments in terms of my <laughs> where I was when I was going about building this where I was like wow I need to understand this so it's really trying to give anyone the foundations of here's the here's how a family works here's all the different parts now you can go and build it however you want however and and it's really similar to a business where businesses there's no right way to build a business there's so many different models of successful businesses so it's just kind of taking a lot from the business world and applying it to the family yeah so what would that look like a family business model. What is that exactly? You know, if moms want to start doing that in their home, what would that look like for them? Well, I think one of the, an, an obvious thing that you would say is if you look at a business, you want complementary skill sets, right? I want to have a marketer and I want to have someone who builds a product. Yeah. I don't want two marketers and I don't want two people who build products because then they step on each other. There's, there's gaps. And so if you look at a business, you definitely want complementary skills. But a lot of times in families, people are like, well, I want someone who can do the same and I want to share everything 50-50. But it's a weird thing to look at because you would never do that in business. You'd never say, hey, marketing people, you guys need to go develop, you know, go code our new website. It's like, that's a disaster. And yet yeah. a lot of people try to run their families as if everyone's kind of interchangeable. And you look at it going, you want the, com the complementary skill sets. You don't want overlapping skill sets. Yeah, yeah. So... Are our kids included in that as well, as far as like, as a part of, sorry, I misspoke, as a part of that business, like family mo business model as well, like, do they play a part is what I'm trying to say. Goodness, that was it. Yeah, a hundred percent. Our kids, they play a part. Part of it's what are we trying to do as a family? That's yeah. where you, if you look at a business, no business is just like, hey, we're just trying to do stuff. It's like, we usually find a niche and then we serve it specifically. And it's yeah. the same in a family. Why 
did this couple get together? What were you and your husband or your spouse trying to figure out? What were you what were you solving for? Well, I wanted to get married so we could have a family. Well, what did you want the output for that family to be? Well, right. I just just have kids. Okay, we had kids. We don't have to raise them. They can go be criminals. We're happy with that. That could be, but for most of us, we actually have this longer term. We want kids who are gonna be productive. We wanna have tight relationships with our children. We want to build this cohesive family that supports each other. That's much, right. that's kind of like a business. Everyone in the business is going towards this same goal and the mm -hmm. same, even though we're doing different parts. So yeah, you're, once you have kids, I mean, when they're newborns, they're fairly useless and they take a lot of investing in right. terms of productivity. But as they get older, you're training them and then they can contribute, you contribute to them. So yeah, I think it's, as they get bigger, then they can actually be very contributed. They can contribute a ton to the family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. And I just think about something I read and I don't remember exactly what it said, but it was like quite a few years ago about how we always complain like in marriages, especially like early on in marriage where like you want your husband or your wife to be like you. Well, we fight because we're so different, but like, what if you were the same? You you have to look at your differences and use them to be complementary in your marriage and in your home. And when we start doing that, I think we can get over all of those little nitpicky things that we get annoyed about a lot of times. It took me a few years to learn that myself in marriage, but we're, we've been married eight years now, which isn't a ton, but I've learned a lot, you know, from the beginning of that time to just, you know, over the past few years were like things I used to get like really annoyed about and sometimes you know like if I'm in a mood or whatever then they'll annoy me but I won't say anything about them because I'm like this isn't a battle I want to have this is a dumb thing that I don't need to complain about right so like um I think it's important that we recognize what you're saying is that like we're not all the same we all bring certain values and skills and um to our family and we use them as strengths we use them to build each other up and, and use them to strengthen our family instead of using them as like oh these are you know everyday annoyances that you're not how I am or think like me well that would be boring and you wouldn't like that if you were in a relationship like that or had kids that were exactly like you all the time I feel like that's where you butt heads yeah, no, yeah, I completely agree. And that's, that's one of the things that's been weird. It seems like societally, we've tried to push a lot of women to become men, right. in a lot of ways. And you're like, and then my wife, she'll complain, like, you just don't care about your health as much as I do. Like, I make all these great meals, and you'll throw a pizza in. And I'm like, yeah, it, I do. I, that's kind of how I am. I want to go do stuff more than I want to spend time. But my wife will go and make herself this nice salad and spend, yeah. you know, 15, 20 minutes. I'm like, sorry, man, I, I, I don't want to do that. And then she's like, you just don't take care of yourself. Yeah, but together, if you take care of me, keep yeah. me alive, <laughs> then I go work and produce and get money for the family, then this whole thing works out really well. Right, yeah. So it's like, it's like, it's a, where are we, <clears throat> you look at those things. I've had cases even with my wife. I was like, I can do the laundry. I did the laundry when I was young. My mom paid me for it. I'm like, I can do this. This is, she's, and I could, it's not a problem. And I, or I can have the kids do it. And she's like, no, I like to do it. I can relax. I can watch my shows. And I feel like I'm productive. Like, yeah. okay, that's what you want to do. So that's, right. that's where you look at this. Like, well, what is it that I want to do and feel fulfilled at? 
And my wife legitimately, when she makes meals and everyone eats it and they like it, she just feels so fulfilled. Mm, and I'm yeah. like, that's not, doesn't do much for me. And I'm like, I want to keep the kids healthy. So it's right. really like, we both have these strengths. Like you said, we need to play off our strengths and not focus on the weaknesses because it's just the same, like I say, like you'd never say marketer, you're a sucky developer. Right. You'd be like, duh. You didn't, yeah, you didn't, you didn't hire me to be a developer. Of course I'm not that. And that's where you say like women and men, you you, you married a man, why? Well, cause there's a right. lot of stuff you wanted for that. <laughs> But it's always friction because it's a different perspective. So the more you appreciate it, though, the more your marriage is, you know, if you're in a business and you're a a marketer, you love that these other people are doing that other work because you don't want to do that. That's boring. That's you're dealing with code. And the guys who are dealing with code are like, oh, this is so crazy. You have to do all this froofy pictures and messaging. I don't want that crap. Yeah. Right. And so you can appreciate each other in a company. It's the same in a family. You're like, I so appreciate that mm-hmm. you like to do this, that you care enough about it. Yeah. And then, so that's where you get this mutual respect and appreciation in a marriage is if you understand, man, it's the synergies that we're trying to get here. We're not trying to, I can do it just as well as you can and, you know, compete. You want the synergies. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things that you said was perspective. And so I'm in, I'm in grad school for a counseling degree, but when I was studying in undergrad and it was just human development, I had to take a counseling class. And one of the things that I had learned in that class from watching hours and hours of counseling videos, which was actually very interesting, although it was very time, time consuming and just a lot. Um, was that, you know, a lot of problems in families is that we don't often listen to different perspectives and everybody has one. And I even teach that to my young children because my oldest is very strong-willed, very persistent, which is very bossy as a six-year-old. <laughs> so he'll tell his brother, well, that's not okay. It's this way, you know, and whatever they're arguing about. And I'm like, Jack, just because you think something differently than he does doesn't make it wrong you know like he has a different perspective listen to what he's saying because they'll be playing you know even and um he'll try to like control what he's doing and oliver will say oh no i'm gonna do it this way and he gets frustrated and upset so i always like even though they're young and maybe they don't understand entirely yet especially oliver but jack understands he's very very intelligent so he does understand to an extent I feel like having them know that from a young age, like that's his perspective and that's okay that he thinks differently than you and that should be respected and we need to listen to each other um, is really huge to bring into your family um, because that's where a lot of issues are created and we don't often want to listen to everybody else. We want to be right, right? (laughs) We want to be right and we want... For whatever reason, I think it's so silly. We should value getting along um, and solving problems and creating solutions than to having to be right all the time. But he is a kid and there are many of them, even as adults, (laughs) where we want to be right. We don't want to, you know, look at, you know, how can we solve this problem together as a family or a couple or, you know, parent-child relationship. So... Well, yeah, I think that's, that's, it's great that you teach that because that's a part of your culture, right? right? And that's one of those things in our society, you're sitting there like, well, I need to have that in my culture. That's how you have to be married. You have to understand different perspectives. You have to negotiate, you have to deal with conflict. 
sometimes you may disagree you may fight but it's like you come back together and you're like okay we're both in this and now we've come to a solution and you need to teach that to your children or you at least you don't need to but it's important right. in our society that people learn to collaborate and right. people learn to work with other kids because that is an important skill mm -hmm. in marriage but also in business in school yeah. and all these things like it's hard to have a good social group without that skill and so that's why that's where it's interesting where i think a lot of mothers you'll teach this and you're like yeah, this is important but no it's like that's essential like right. if that part doesn't get done good luck getting through college you know yeah. if you want to pretend like life's a single player game and you're going to be an a-hole then it's going to be a harder life for you right for sure absolutely yeah it is you're absolutely right so what are the three resource types of every family so the three <laughs> resources <laughs> yeah so the three resources this is businesses have these two Mm -hmm. Three resource types that I break into. You have financial resources, that's money, yep. tools, and property. You know, then you have social resources. Those would be your one-on-one -on -one relationships, you know, people you actually know. Then your group relationships. You may be a member of a church or a sports team, that type of stuff. Yep. And then you have your reputation in the community. Mm -hmm. And then the final one you have is human resources. That is your abilities collectively in the family, your time and your health and yeah. if you look at those three classes of resources social uh, financial and human those are the three types that we have now we take those resources and that's when we decide as a business model well, what are we going to do you know are we going to take our money and go on vacation mm -hmm. are we going to take our money and invest in real estate are we going to take our money and go to college right like you're doing it's like the business model is really determining what we're trying to do. Like you're going to college, you're going to develop the skills, right? those abilities. Now you have more human resources. It costs right. you time and it costs <laughs> you money, yeah. but now you're going to have more human resources in yeah. the hope that you can build a business that would then return financial resources right. or help other people and build social resources. So Absolutely. this is the flywheel effect when you're sitting there going, I'm doing this, but why? Because I usually right. want one of those three resources. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And I like how you use that as an example and tied it all together. Um, we, yeah, sometimes I feel like in families, we don't always, we just make these decisions and we do these things and we allow our kids to, you know, play all these sports and do all these things. And we don't always know, you know, like, what the goal is well wh the why like why are we doing this why is it important or we push our kids into doing things or we push ourselves into doing things maybe we don't enjoy sometimes we push ourselves into doing things that are healthy that we don't always enjoy and we learn like exercise <laughs> you know like <laughs> When you're just starting an exercise routine, it can be painful. You don't always enjoy it, but it's good for you. So those things, but even understanding your why, why are you doing it? You know, maybe you don't value doing it. Well, that's fine. Well, then maybe you shouldn't be doing it, <laughs> but tying it all into, you know, um, those tying those types all in together and understanding that why I think is so important. And I like how you just elaborated on that. Well, so, well, and, and, and like you said there, you said like exercise. I have this concept that I talk about called super investing, mm -hmm. right? When I do one activity and then I can build multiple, like if I go, if I go walking, I personally don't like running. You know, I do a lot of walking with my wife and those type of things, but I don't like running alone. 
but I'll go walking with my wife. <clears throat> so that's giving me my health. That's giving me return in my human resources, mm -hmm. but it's also building my relationship with my wife. Right. So it's giving me a return in multiple areas. So yeah. that's the thing where you want to look at, like, you may have an, I don't like really exercising, but I really like listening to audiobooks. So if I listen to audiobooks and exercise, then I enjoy it and I feel like I'm investing. So it's these things and I'm yeah. getting multiple returns. So right. that's where I think you want to look at your activities and go, how do I get multiple returns? Do you, you know, if your kids are involved, I'm going to clean the kitchen and I'm going to have my help, have my kids help me. Great. I'm yeah. developing their abilities and the kitchen's getting clean. I'm, I'm super investing. Right. And you're connecting with them too. Mm -hmm. You're teaching them skills. So there's a lot that goes into that. Yeah. I love that. So you did just say a few ways of how families can invest for each resource type or for, you know, for their resources. Is there anything else that you would have to say about how they can invest for each individual like resource type that we were talking about? Yeah, well, I mean, so the from a human resource type, if you want to get abilities, you're going to go to college like you're doing or, you know, take classes or go on the Internet and learn stuff you know, start drawing those type of things. If yeah. you want to develop social resources, connections with other people, you know, connecting with a group. So connecting with other people, it's like, are you spending time with other people? Right. Are you going, are you part of a group? Are you going to a church group or a social group? Even though sometimes you're like, oh, I don't know that I want to go. Then you go and then you're like, well, why am I here? To invest in people. So I'm going to spend time doing uncomfortable things. And yeah. a lot of times for social connections, in my experience, service, serving other people. Oh, this person just had a baby. We'll go give them food or we'll go over to their house and help them clean up. Those type of things build the relationship with them. That's That would be what I would call social investing. Absolutely. And, and then you have financial investing. That's where you could get into, well, I go to work <laughs> and then I come home with a paycheck. I invested my time for money. Now, of right. course, I can do the, the, you know, real estate investing, entrepreneur, mm -hmm. those type of things as well. But I think it's important to look at your, just like a business, like if you look at Nike, the number one asset of Nike, in my opinion, is its brand. Yeah. Right. It has lots of money. It has some money in the bank, but it's brand. But if you look on their financials, you can't see how much the brand is. They put a thing called goodwill. Mm -hmm. It's hard to know. Is that worth five billion dollars or 20 I don't know so they kind of put it up there and it's the same in your social connections how much is how much are those relationships that you built worth mm -hmm. well in cases where you connect your child or your husband to a job or you get connected into certain things they could be worth hundreds of thousands millions even billions of dollars in some cases yeah for sure I um, attended when I was in college a few years ago in my undergrad, I attended a health and wellness retreat and there was a book that somebody had wrote and it was like the three people you meet or something. And he was talking about, you know, everywhere you go, talk to three people every day and invest. You had never know where you're going to find somebody who you can invest in or who is going to invest in you and you're going to build these connections and you never know what that connection is going to be worth. So I just thought that that was so brilliant, you know, and I just, it just reminded me of that when you were saying like social connections, because you do, you build these relationships. So sometimes it's personal that you just need like a really good friend. And sometimes 
it's so beneficial and you can serve others and that helps you feel good. And I agree with you with the serving too. Service, service is where it's at. Serving others is builds your business. It builds your, um, I feel like it, it builds my confidence as a person. Just, you know, there's so many things that it does for selfish reasons even. And then you're also helping other people too. So, which is really the most important thing. But if you don't like to serve others, you can start and go into it with a, with a mindset of being selfish, I suppose. (laughs) Sometimes we have to do that. Yeah. And one, one example that I think, well, a there's one, my mom is a super connector. She served a lot in the, in the church. She served in the community. She was on the scouts. And it was interesting because when I got married, there were like 400 people who came to my wedding and I was like, I don't know you. Why are you here? And they would be like, well, your mom, she helped my son get his Eagle Scout. Oh, your mom, she helped my, you know, my wife when she was going through this difficult time with cancer. Oh, your mom, your mom. And I was like, you're not here for me. You're here for my mom. But then her connections, this is where I talk about generational. All her connections were like, A, giving me a gift for coming to the wedding. And then they were also saying, hey, what are you going into? Is there any way I can help you? Yeah. There's this reciprocity built up in the system because of all that work my mom did. And so I'm sitting there like, I got all of the benefits of those social connections. In fact, I only, I wrote this book because of one of her connections that she was like, hey, this other guy's writing a book. And then (laughs) that's why I got connected to this guy. And then ultimately it led to this book. So there's all these things where it's hard often when you're in the social connection side to say like, yeah, I went to work and I met three people and that's gonna end up being worth $200,000. Yeah. Right? You don't have the same. It's much easier. I went to work and I have $20,000 more in the bank this year. Yeah. But but that's the that's the hard thing, but if if especially if the women and the men in a relationship don't understand the value of the social connections, mm-hmm. then the husband will be like, "I went to work and what did you do?" Well, I went and met with these women and I did some service. Well, and you did nothing. No, no. <laughs> I invested for a different resource that will help our children and our family. Right. And it also helps with women's mental health a lot, like having yeah. friends and, and men's too, having a group. So right. you're looking at this, like if you understand the whole picture of those resources mm-hmm. then both the husband and wife can appreciate, no, I was investing for this return. You were investing for this return. Isn't right. it great that we're getting this massive investment together? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Um, and I was a volunteer for a while at our church in children's ministry. And then I became the children's ministry director. I'm not one to ask for help a lot. I'm learning to be a little better at that. Um, but they wanted to do a meal train for me. And I was like, no, it'll be fine. You know, like we're both home, you know, he works four days a week. They were 12 hours, but I'm like, he gets home at night and we're like really good. You know, we're really good as a team. And I mean, we do have that. Let me just tell you how happy I am (laughs) that I allowed the meal train to happen. My ministry partner was like, Frida, you have a two and a half year old special needs toddler at home. Like you need, like just, even if you don't think you need it, let let us do nice things for you. You've invested so much of your life into this ministry. Let us help you. People want to love you. Let them love you. And I was so grateful for that because 
man, was it a tough transition when the second one came for my first, um, he like, didn't he, I think he somewhat loved his brother maybe, (laughs) but he was not happy that he was there at all. So it was like, we had a lot of, you know, we were tagging together, you know, to try to keep this child, you know, and this baby both safe and in a safe environment. And um, I mean, they love each other now. They definitely have a brother relationship, but <laughs> they play well for for the most part and also beat each other up and, you know, do all those brotherly love things. But goodness, it was rough. And my husband, I was dreading him going back to work because I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know. I mean, that's how difficult it was. So I was so happy that I had those resources and those connections um, because I really needed them and I didn't know that I needed them and I had no idea I would. So, um, and it was something, you know, that was something that gave me great joy and helped my mental health. I actually missed that job so much because of all of the benefits that it gave to me and, and serving in that capacity. It's not something that I do now. It was a lot um, to be doing with a young family and also going to school, but it was such a good investment in my life and in the life of my family too. So, yeah. Well, and one example that I talk about in the book, <clears throat> and because I, I think there's two sides of this. When I I had this these big trees in my front yard that were actually coming up through the foundation of my house, coming up through the asphalt. Oh, wow. And I had like, there were five or, well, there were five massive ones. And then there were hundreds that would come up every year, these little shoots. And at one point I decided I got to get rid of them all. So I I invited my brother over. He's coming to help me. We dropped one of the trees on the house, not all the way, just hit the home, bounced off. And then I had some people from my church and they were like, hey, we could come over and help. And I got a quote, you know, I kind of got a quote and it was like $4,000 to do this professionally, which I could have paid. But I was like, when are the opportunities to build these relationships? Right. So I wanted to build them with my brother. And then when I had to these guys the next Sunday, they said, hey, it was actually I was doing it on Saturday. That Sunday, they're like, hey, let's do a service project over at his house. Everyone's like, cool, let's do it. And then on Thursday, some guy who actually wasn't even a member of our church, he he showed up with this other guy and they're like, he's he's not a member, but he wants to be part of the community. So he's here. He's from Canada. He cuts trees all the time. He scoped it all out. And then on Saturday, I had like 10 men and their sons show up and we just took every, you know, they had borrowed tools and all these things and we just got everything done. And Mm -hmm. so there was the side of, they were serving me, but it was building my relationship with them. Sure, yeah. Right. And so there's this weird side of service where if you're serving them, you're building a relationship, but it's two directional. So if you don't allow people to serve you, you're, you're reducing the resources of your family in a weird way. So it actually saved me $4,000 and built my relationship. So built resources, saved other resources. And one of the guys who helped me actually ended up uh, hiring me as in his company that did really well. So it's like, you don't know what this is going to do. And so let people serve you and serve other people. For sure. Yeah, I totally agree. So what happens when families underinvest? in social resources. What does that cause in families when they're not investing or if they're underinvesting? Yeah, so if you don't, I mean, this is a, I, I think you could speak to this as well. If you don't invest in those relationships with your spouse, right. well, then you're like, well, okay, we kind of drift apart. 
And over time, maybe I go, hey, there's this other cute girl or there's this other cute guy or I want to go do something else with my life or I want to leave the church or I want to do these. Like you're, you kind of drift if right. you don't invest in your spousal relationship. Mm -hmm. And if you don't invest in your relationship with your kids, then you end up with, well, they're doing drugs and they're on these things that I wish they didn't do. And they're on these, well, duh, because you didn't invest in them. Right. There's no relationship for you to draw on. They're not, they're not coming to you saying, I trust you and you've loved me and you're there when you yeah. need me. And this is one thing that I think a lot of, a lot of people have underestimated. It seems like with all the therapy now that people need, when I came home from school, I would come home and my mom would be there. And I would say, I got kicked in the face or I failed the test. Yeah. And my mom would help me process and say, well, did you not study for the test? Right. No, I did. What happened? You know, how do I process this and how do I get better? Or mm -hmm. this person got in a fight. I didn't do this. So there's this investment that my mom was making in me to help me process all that stuff. And so by the time when, you know, when I'm in high school and later, I'm like, I don't need a lot of therapy because I've essentially had it my whole life. And right. I don't have this pent up, unprocessed, you know, un this un <laughs> pent up experiences that have unprocessed and I don't know how to make sense of them. So I right. think this whole therapy, like for, for women, especially, or men, when they're staying home with their kids or there for their kids, when they come home, it's a very important uh, role that they're playing. And it's super sad to me when you see parents, they're like, well, we weren't there and now our kids are off the tracks and now we'd pay 30, 50, $100,000 to try to get them in a program to hopefully get them back on track. But it's right. kind of like, yeah. it's, it, you, it's a, you're now trying to help them unlearn all the stuff that they should could have learned last a long, long time ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and investing in those relationships, especially, um, when your children are small, like speaking about that, that children, child perspective, you know, and investing in that relationship. And even if your children aren't small, you can start investing in those relationships at any time. So I just, I just want to, I wanted to say that because I don't want you to think like, oh man, I missed my opportunity. Now I can never invest in my child in our relationship. It's never too late to change that relationship. It might be a little more challenging the older they are. If you have a teenager and you haven't really spend a lot of time connecting with them it's going to be more of a challenge with you if you haven't connected with your husband or your wife in 10 years and now you're trying to it might be a little more of a challenge for you um but mm. it can be done you can mend the relationship in most cases but pouring into that like you were saying when your child is younger you're going to open those doors and keep those doors open more when they're a teenager than you know everybody you know you hear a lot of people not everybody say you know my teenager doesn't talk to me my teenager doesn't you know open up to me they go in you know they come home and slam their door or whatever and you know a lot of times it's because that relationship hasn't been built um in the way that it needs to be for your child and that's not like a shaming or blaming you know thing to say at all like that's not to shame or blame anybody, I should say. It's just, it is what it is and, and it's information, right? So like we have to take that and we have to just learn and say, okay, well, what do I have to do differently? A lot of people, when I teach connection to families and to moms, they're like, well, I don't know what to do with my teenager if they have a teenager. Well, what does your teenager like to do? Well, they like to play video games. Well, so play a video game with them, go sit down next to them and ask them, you know, like, express interest in it and they might be a little like what are you doing here at first right but like hey like 
sit there and just spend time with them and watch them and 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 you know if that's what they're into then get into it with them even if it pains you inside and you know sometimes they'll say well i don't like video games i'm like well you have to find the thing that's going to connect you with your child you know like you have to you have to do what they're in, what they enjoy and get to know them because that's how you know you're going to build that connection with them and it's i believe that in a sense that's kind of serving them in that aspect is you're getting to know what they like to do and you know um i always think i don't like video games i don't have video game devices in my house probably because i would play them and be non-productive but every time i have and i have been you know had a friend who really liked video games or you know a child in my life that i've babysat you know back in the day who really enjoyed a video game and i've played with them I'm like, this is really cool. And I get into it, right? Like, so you don't know, you know, and, and for me now, I'm like, I'm not gonna play video games. It's a waste of time, but I'm probably gonna play them at some point in my life with my boys, right? I mean, this is gonna be a thing where they're gonna, you know, eventually they're gonna get to an age and they probably will have some console and I will want to do that with them because that's what they are interested in at the time. So. Um, I watch these silly, dumb YouTube videos sometimes that pain me when my children do have their tablet privileges, which is on weekends. And he'll be like, mom, check this out. It's so funny. And I'm like, yeah, that's awesome, bud. You know, like that was the stupidest thing I've ever seen, but I would never, ever tell him about it. I ask him questions about it. I express interest and we do you know, we do connection time, like one-on-one and, and I teach that to my moms, you know, it doesn't have to be an hour a day or this extended period of time. It can be, you know, even for just 10 minutes, if you're just spending that one-on-one time connecting with the members of your family, then you're investing in those connections with them. Um, so well, well, one point that I, I also like is I think it's important that parents do stuff like what was like sure. my, I saw my wife she would be like oh, let's make a quilt with all my kids when they were young and then I let's teach it. them how to knit and that's when my girls and my son you know we, we went skiing with them we did them hiking yeah. there's a point where it's like as an adult if you're like are you are you engaged in other stuff that you can pull right. your kids into because some of the stuff with kids for me frankly I'm like it's kind of dumb and boring and then I'd pull my kids into my stuff and they'd be like oh this is so fun and then right. I'd be able to have this commonality so I think for there's sure, two sides yeah. of do it yeah. with them and then also try to pull them into the more interesting things with you that yeah, you either. find interesting because then it will be fun for both parties for sure absolutely um and there's we go do things together i mean it's harder this time of year my husband's working on the weekends where we're like doing something together every weekend of you know but three seasons out of the year, that's pretty, like we're doing something together. A lot of times it's the beach because we all really enjoy the beach and that's where we live. And that's just something that we do, but we'll hike the dunes um, and we'll do, you know, things. Chris, my husband will try to get the boys involved in softball or like playing a game with them outside or just throwing the ball with them because that's what he's really into. My oldest, is not really into that so much but he will engage for a little bit because it's something he's doing with his dad you know mm -hmm. well and sometimes last weekend chris came and he picked him up and he brought him to work with him um he's working on a house that is 
you know, a, um, I, it's a tourist house. It's a, it's a rental. There we go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we a tourist area. So it's a rental. So, you know, he could bring them there and he's interested in what he's doing because it's his dad. So, you know, you're, he gets to see his dad do these. He's like, just thinks it's so cool that he gets to see his dad work on this house and put up a shiplap wall and paint and do these things that he's doing that I'm like, I would enjoy doing it with him. I don't want to go watch. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but yeah, like just finding those moments and opportunities and yeah, and bringing our kids into our world too. Cause they don't, they might not even know that they have those interests if we're not, you know, exploring those things with them. And your wife had all your kids in dance too, right? And your dance school, right? <laughs> yeah, we have, awesome. we have the dance studio behind the house. It was one of the things yeah. when we said we specifically want to put the studio, we wanted her to have the business, but we didn't want it to have to have all this travel stuff. So sure. by putting it behind the house, we could, we could kind of minimize her travel time, maximize the family time, that type of stuff. So yeah, yeah. then I was like, okay, it's free, free dance lessons. <laughs> like, sure, let's yeah. put them in. So yeah, all my children did Irish dance and they kind of went up to the open championship level, the highest level you can kind of get before you just compete. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. And my son wasn't that into it at different points. And then some things right. changed and then he got really good. So there's this point of, you don't know, but yeah, I think it's good to give them a lot of exposure into different activities. Sure, yeah, yeah. And to do that with them. I love that your family did a lot of extracurriculars together as opposed to, you know, outside of the home um, where everybody's like separated all the time and you're just living in the car. I, we had that conversation and I just respect that so much about your family that you just found ways to do that together um, as a family and to build those connections because that's so huge. Yeah. Yeah. One of my friends, I actually, one specific one on skiing. I mean, I live in Utah. The skiing is great. This year has been insanely good. More snow than we've ever had ever. And, and so it was, but my buddy, I was like, it's so expensive and there's the time and there's the passes. It's like, and he was like, yeah, but you're developing their skills. You're spending all this time with them. You have all this time on the lift to talk with them. You have all this time up and to and from and you're also it's a hard thing so it's teaching them hey you fall you get back up you fall again you get back up then we go to harder stuff we go through this process and after he told me that, i was like oh man <laughs> i did not think of that i went home told my wife hey maybe we should do this she's like yep let's do it and i think she was 40 at the time and not hadn't really skied much at all yeah and so for the next four years we bought passes every year the kids were young enough we'd go you know at least 10, 20 times per season, the mm-hmm. kids all got really good. And, but we had so much time building those relationships with each other and yeah. building the relationships. I mean, one-on-one time and just that whole experience was phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. Um, well, Aaron, before we go, will you just tell our moms where they can find your book and why they want to get your book. I mean, we talked about so many things tonight and I think that that explains itself, but just from you, you know, why, why moms want to go out and grab that book right now and and where they can find that. Yeah. So the reason I would say for that, I want moms and not just moms, I want moms and dads, whoever, you know, whatever the family, the parents are, if you get on the same page and have a common language, Mm -hmm. then I think you can 
all of a sudden you can go, oh, I'm investing in social and you're investing in financial. You're investing in kids, you know, the human resources, and I'm investing in financial. Whatever they are, you can appreciate it. I think most, we haven't had the common language. And I, I played a game called Cash Flow from Robert Kiyosaki on Rich Dad Poor Dad. And it gave my wife and I a common language on money. And so we both understood it and we could talk about it in an intelligent way. And that's what the point of the book I think would be for mothers is how do you and your husband get on the same page so you have a common language so that you're not undervaluing each other's things that you're bringing to the table. Yeah. So that's really what I'm, I, I think the biggest value is because so much of what our society is saying is, oh, you're just how you're just a stay at home mom, or you're just this, or you're just, and you're like, what the freak are you talking about? I'm doing all this investing just because I don't have to pay taxes on my investing. Does that make it somehow lesser? (laughs) Right, right. Yeah. And and there are those stereotypes that are associated with, you know, being just a stay at home mom or, and that's a hard job to have for sure. So, um, and I mean, working outside the home and being away from your family is hard as well, you know? So it is, it's an, it's an appreciation that we definitely need to find within our homes. So where can they find this book, The Family Flywheel? Yes, you can find it. I have a website, thefamilyflywheel.com. You can find it on Amazon, Audible. Uh, most, I think it's on most, you know, audiobook platforms. Um, but yeah, those are the main places. You can contact me directly at Aaron at thefamilyflywheel.com. You can email me or you can see me on Facebook at Aaron K. Shelley or LinkedIn at Aaron K. Shelley as well. Awesome. So mamas, I will have that link posted for you that will direct you um, to uh, the place where you can buy the book directly. You can also find it all those other places that Aaron uh, had mentioned. And if you have questions for Aaron or want to learn more about him, then feel free to reach out to him in any of the places that he had just mentioned. Um, Aaron, it's been such a pleasure having you on the show today. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Brita. It's a lot of fun. Yes, I had a lot of fun as well. Thank you again. Until next time, Mama, take care and God bless.